This is where we have to rely on what we know to be true. What we believe and nothing magical happens when you have worrying emotions of doubt, but instead you choose to make the decision of standing in the truth. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of In This Walk. Um, today we're going to be talking about Rhett and Link's spiritual dis uh, deconstruction, <clears throat> specifically Rhett's deconstruction, um, and I'll have a separate video for Link's deconstruction. Um, so uh, before I get into this, I just want to say I'm not necessarily someone who is an expert in any of these things. I'm not. Um, I just became familiar with Rhett and Link. And um, as far as spiritual deconstruction goes, I'm not an expert in, um, in any of this. Uh, I do have my own opinions. I do have um, obviously biblical knowledge. I do have, my, um, I do have interpretations of the, um, of the Bible and what I've read. Um, so I have those things, but in no way am I an expert. So let's just go ahead and clear that up right now. Um, but I did go through both Rhett and Link's video and I just wanted to um, really kind of understand where they were coming from. I know that some people try to shy away from these things, but these actually interest me because it's, it's interesting to see where someone's coming from psychologically. Um, it's, you know, uh, and it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation to, um, to deconstruct and walk away from your faith or to deconstruct. I mean, I think we're always, we're always questioning things. Um, we all, you know, there are times when we have doubts. So I think that's an ongoing thing. Um, I think that's an ongoing thing. I, I would say that's an ongoing thing in any part of your life. Um, you know, we're going to have doubts and, and concerns and that's just part of life. But anyways, um, so to jump right in, um, as I mentioned before, I was completely unaware of um, who Rhett and Link are. Um, and you'll have to um, bear with me here because I wrote... I'm a note person. I take a lot of notes. I do a lot of writing. So I'm going to be looking at my computer a good bit just to make sure I'm getting the right things out there. I don't want to be saying the wrong thing um, based on the notes that I took. So anyways, completely unaware of who Rhett and Link are. Uh, but what I saw that kind of drew me to them is this particular video that I'm about to play. So watch. So this is what kind of drew me to, oh, okay, what's going on here? Um, because I never um, really come across them before. Now, I believed that Jesus was the son of God that a personal relationship with him was the only way to be saved, i.e. the only way to go to heaven when you die. Um, and this belief defined everything for me. This, this was a, my worldview, it gave me purpose and meaning. And I lived with this knowledge of this spiritual reality, right? There's a spiritual reality that is constantly around us, kind of permeating every decision, every relationship, every conversation. We moved to California, we immediately got involved in a church, an evangelical church, met some great people, made some great friends. Uh, and this is when I adopted what I'm going to call California Christianity um, to get at what Link was getting at here a second ago. Uh, 
in LA, e even within the evangelical church, I think there is this sort of, because you're in this incredibly diverse place with so many different perspectives, you really can't maintain a Christian faith in a place like this without at least some sort of realization that there's a lot of gray. Uh, it's not about having it all figured out. It's not about being completely certain. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And this was like a kind of a breath of fresh air for me, honestly, coming to California with all these doubts. I found these Christians who had these doubts, Christians who saw the Bible differently, who were like, yeah, man, I don't know exactly what happened. Evolution seems like it probably did happen. And Adam and Eve might not have been real, but like, that's not my day to day with Jesus, man. You know, and so I have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I will say the entire time I'm watching this discussion, and um, while I'm watching the his deconstruction video, I realize that he does name a lot of great sources. Uh, well, he, he names a lot of sources. Some I'm not familiar with. Some I am familiar with, um, and they are, um, you know, some are apologetics um, are familiar in the study of apologetics. They that's what they do, um, and that's something I'm trying to familiar myself with as well. But um, I did notice that though he he mentioned these um, sources that and this may be because this was his personal thing and he didn't feel the need to mention it. Um, although I do think, you know, because this entire video, his entire video is very personal. Talking about your faith is very personal um, that I thought he would have included it. But what I didn't hear um, was the discussion of prayer. I didn't really, um, and that's a big part of our faith. That's a big part of making decisions um, is you wanna be led by the Holy Spirit. So you wanna pray about what's going on. You wanna, you know, I mean, cause you can, we can go and find this source and that source and you know, but there is such a way in God construct, in the way that God constructs things. And that's based on, you know, and I believe that comes from prayer, that comes from asking him for guidance um, in it all. So though it may not seem like, you know, anything's changed, it may not seem like, I don't know, there was any sort of crazy revealing answer. Um, there probably is a guidance um, that you're not seeing, that you may not be aware of that God is doing so that you can come to, um, to the truth and to the right, to the conclusion that, um, well, I mean, to come to the truth, to the truth, to come to the truth. Um, so in the beginning of the video, Rhett mentions that sometimes people don't know about, know what to think about um, religion, don't know what to think about spirituality, and that's very true. You know, um, that's something that can, when you talk about it, either rub people the wrong way, the very wrong way, or you can actually get a pretty decent response and have a conversation and discussion about, but you never know how it's going to go. Um, so I do think it's important to know that there are different backgrounds and perspectives um, in all corners of our personal lives, even in the Christian faith, I have noticed that in my faith, there are people that hold um, very different views still. There are people that interpret verses very differently than I do. Um, and that's just that's just how it is. There, um, There's always gonna be some interpretation that may be different from yours based on someone else's perspective. I can say that ultimately what matters is, ultimately what matters is the belief when it comes to the Christian faith anyway, is the belief of Christ as a Lord and Savior. Ultimately, that's what matters. So to quote Link, he says, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and a personal relationship with him was the only way to be saved. 
and this belief defined everything for me. I want to emphasize how big a deal it was to me. It was a relationship. I want to say that because I've noticed that when I tell my story, often people conclude that I was never a Christian, end quote. And I understand where he's coming from in that. It's easy for, um, it's, it just seems to be the thing to do. It's the easiest thing to go to to say, okay, um, if this person, you know, this person did this, I don't know if they're really a Christian, if this person um, came to the conclusion that they're no longer following the faith, I don't know if they were really a Christian. I can't imagine what was going through. <clears throat> I can't imagine what kind of um, struggles he may have been having. Um, I can't imagine where he was psychologically. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know from I know what he's what he's told us. I know what's in the interview or what's in the video that he talks about um, talking about hasty construction. I can't I can't say that someone wasn't really a Christian. I don't think that's up to me. I don't think it's my decision. I don't think it's up to me to say. Um, now God speaks specifically about <clears throat> those who um, don't bear any fruit and I'm um, not saying specifically to him but that's what I can speak on I can speak on the things that I've that you know God has said and put in front of me in his word and I can say okay well I can say um, well that person does claim to be a Christian but I don't see any fruit I don't see fruit being produced I don't see them living the Christian lifestyle now I'm not saying that was right I'm not saying that was like but, um, but I can say that that's what I can speak on. I cannot say whether or not they are or are not a Christian. He mentions this quote, um, as he himself has concluded someone else's faith to have possibly been false. So he's done that in the past. And he does mention that he's done that in the past to say, I don't think this person was really a Christian. Um, like I said, I don't think it's really for us to do so. Um, but if they, no, if they no longer believed, that's what he would conclude. Um, And I understand that some people do think that way and we do make those type of conclusions, though I do think that it's completely um, out of our right to do so. We can see if people are bearing fruit or not, but I don't think that it's really for us to say, oh, they were or were not a Christian. Rhett mentions that he has always been a naturally skeptical person. And I can relate to that. I truly relate to that because I am full of, and I was, well, I can't say that I'm not full of skepticism now. I think it's more of a healthy, questioning of things in general. I used to think that I was not enough of a Christian if I had doubts about my faith, um, about the Bible, um, but the Bible points so clearly to those who had doubts, um, even in Jesus's inner circle. We've been, we've even given the name Doubting Thomas to one of Jesus's disciples and others had doubts throughout Jesus's ministry even when they were with him as he performed miracles and taught thousands. Um, in the past, I have been a person of not only skepticism, but emotionally charged. And my emotions decided a lot for me. When doubts came, like anything else, it enacts emotion. I may be able to silence that emotion for quite some time, possibly even years, if I have a stronger emotion that holds me up. But eventually, I give in to that negative emotion produced from my doubt. And at that time, instead of relying on what I know to be true, I render myself to that negative emotion. This is where we have to rely on what we know to be true, what we believe and nothing magical happens when you have worrying emotions of doubt, but instead you choose to make the decision of standing in the truth. And I think, you know, 
um, because we are, especially in these days, such a people of um, emotion, everything. Emotion di dictates how we live our lives, what we do. If you feel good, just go with it. Those are the things that we're told. And, you know, there really is a place of logic in our brains for a reason. That's there for a reason. It's not there to be ignored. Um, there's practicality and there's logic for a reason. There's the knowing and then there's the feeling. And those two things do obviously, you know, they both need to be there. Um, but at times we do make decisions off of our emotion. We tend to go with our emotions, then we do logic and practicality. Um, and of course, like I said, guilty of it, I've done it in the past and I'll still do it now sometimes. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, but in these moments of doubt, Rhett does speak on the fact that he would rederive his faith by seeking wisdom from those that have studied the Bibles, you know, experts in apologetics. Um, while there's nothing wrong with that, um, as I do think of the study of apologetics is something that we should all do as Christians because we are all called to be disciples of Christ. Um, while there's nothing wrong with that, as believers, we know that there is always a place for prayer in anything, especially things we are unable to do fully in our own will. Um, in this situation, the basis of his doubts were not due to a lack of knowledge, but an affair of the heart. Faith is not the result of knowing all the facts, but a choice we make and a daily choice at that. And I say that because, and I'm not, like I said, and I guess, um, like I said, I noticed that, um, you know, of course he went to experts in apologetics, but there was a lack of connection in prayer. Um, there, at least not mentioned. I don't know if that was the case or not, but it wasn't mentioned. And, you know, there has to be that combination of prayer and studying as well, because that prayer, you know, seeking God in prayer is going to take you to, and asking for guidance is going to, you know, form you in the way that you need to go. It's going to take you to the to what you need to study it's going to take you to the sources because these sources um are out there for us to be able to go to primarily god's word and then the sources are there for us as well it's just i believe in asking god for guidance and where we need to go and the sources we need to look to so as Rhett mentions the different views of the bible and creation he came in contact with at the beginning of his college career um, it reminded me of my high school experience and thereafter. Um, I would say that's when, for me, I started questioning different things, um, questioning the faith that I grew up in, um, questioning what was true, what was not. Um, and then at that point, I did take on the role of an agnostic, I guess I would say, because it wasn't, I, I say agnostic, and it's not, I say agnostic and not atheism because I never said, oh, there is no God. You know, I never said, oh, there's there's nothing out there. Um, it was more so I don't know what's truth and I want to go into this journey of figuring it out, you know, of knowing if this is where I need to be because I had a lot of different views and perspectives in my life at that time. A lot of different things were going on um, where there was, you know, belief in atheism, you know, um, Christian beliefs around me and then other beliefs as well. So that just kind of led on my journey of let's figure out what's going on here. I want to know my I want to know the truth. I want to come to it myself. Um, and that's when that started for me was in high school. Um, I think sometimes in the Christian faith, we want to create a walk so strong um, with Christ that we disregard the true representation of how life is. Um, 
And that is different views and perspectives, even with those that are that share similar beliefs, like I mentioned earlier. But like I just but also, like I just said, um, there are so many different views around us. There are so many different, you know, beliefs and religions and everything. And I think sometimes, you know, we try to maybe sh um, shield ourselves from it or at least, you know, as parents, maybe shield our children from it. Um, because we want our faith in Christ to be strong. But as we can see, even biblically, Jesus was, he traveled everywhere um, in where there were people that were religious, like the Pharisees and didn't, um, and you know, didn't live in um, faith and love. And there were people who didn't believe at all. And then there were people who, I mean, there were so many different kinds of people um, that Jesus came in contact with. Um, and that he purposely came. It, it wasn't just, oh, I kind of ended up here. Oh, no, what happened? It was he was in the world, but not of the world. And that was something that um, Jesus did. And I do think that we're a little scared to to do that. And I can understand why and we're a little hesitant uh, because we want our faith to be strong. But I do believe that there is strength in um, in being of the world and realizing these things and coming to these different perspectives but still being able to keep strong in your faith. I think that's that's um, that's a true strength in that. So one of the views um, Rhett mentions is the age of the earth. Biblically, the earth is not but a couple of thousand years old, but uh, we have scientific studies and carbon dating saying it's much older. So <clears throat> I won't go too much into this because I'm not an expert. Um, in these studies at all I, I don't I'm not an expert in carbon dating um I only know what I've read as most people do so <clears throat> but I am also aware that there are studies that have inaccuracies or have shown inaccuracies in carbon dating I will say that some of those uh books the literature that he suggests um are he does state are from a Christian perspective I don't know I haven't read these books but I will say that, of course, in anything um, like I've mentioned before, in any type of research of, um, of um, or studying of apologetics, pray. Always pray. Pray and ask for wisdom and guidance. One of the factors of doubt Rhett mentions is finding that things were not as clean or put in place as he believed they should be. Uh, but it is important to remember that sometimes we do get muddy we do get muddy in all areas of our lives, um, but it is also through that muddiness that we'll see, that we do actually see. Um, and if you remember in in the Bible, there is a story of God, um, and I forget exactly where he was, but Jesus is uh, speaking to a man that is blind. And of course, he, he you know, the, the, this man wants to see. He's approaching Jesus because he knows he does miracles and he wants to see. And Jesus tells the man to go, I believe, beside a beach, uh, beside a, a body of water and he says go and um, take this mud uh, put it over your eyes wash it off and then you will you know and then you will see and then so the man goes to um, so it's you know I, I think about this as he says this is and the man goes to put this mud over his eyes um, as, as Jesus asked him to and then when he when he cleans it off he can see he can actually see now and it's so symbolic um, here to to what Rhett is saying but because um, he's expecting the clean and we can see all throughout the Bible that there is nothing clean about the way we come to truly see God sometimes and um, 
I mean, uh, so many, so many um, Apostle Paul, um, so many different people in the Bible. I mean, there's, uh, I say Apostle Paul because he had that kind of story. <laughs> and um, to be someone who, who persecuted believers and then came to believe himself and spread the word of God and was the foundation of the church um, as we know it, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, there's so much muddiness through, um, through coming to know truth. And just like this man that came to see after he put the mud over his eyes, you can see the symbolism there. And, you know, life is messy and life is muddy and it does eventually, um, but it can, and you do come to the truth eventually. In discussing his views of evolution, Rhett states that he never believed the idea of evolution and saw it as a desperate ploy to explain creation. Um, but then he goes to say that every book he read on the topic did consist of opposing views um, or did not consist of opposing views. So he never really studied. Um, he always read books that were more so in support or I guess against um, evolution um, in support of creation. And he never read any books about um, is what he said. He never read any books uh, that were trying to make the case for evolution. And I guess this is where he later on took that, took upon doing that. But um, in exploring what believed to be a Christian book from a scientist supporting the Christian faith, he realizes that this author slash scientist uh, believes wholeheartedly in the concept of evolution. So this Christian, um, so he's discovered this Christian book that, and the, the author is also a scientist, a scientist that believes in evolution. So I guess this is where that really begins and the study of that and how he really, I guess starts, so I guess this is where it takes a different route for him. Um, but I do have to say we're all human. And if we base the strength of our faith and belief in those that we deem intelligent and expert apologetics, our faith will crumble um, when they fall. And not necessarily, they may not necessarily do so, but it's, it's when, it's kind of the idea of I've seen and I've done it myself is put so much into the pastor of the church. And when that pastor proves to be human because they are, um, then it's almost as if your faith starts to crumble and your faith should have nothing to do and have and have no reliance on this person, on this other human being, because no matter what status they are in, no matter how much knowledge they have, no matter how many books they write, they are still a human being. Um, and if you put your faith in them and in their works um, instead of the word and instead of God, then you will, then your faith will crumble. So speaking further on the basis of the book, Rhett's idea of evolution changes to recognize it as recognizing it as more credible and mentions a few examples from the book to further his claim. Um, I will say that there are examples in this that are that more so that are more so conclusive to the study of adaptation rather than evolution. Um, personally, I I do believe that some of the things that he does mention are more so um, related to adaptation than evolution, which I do believe. I do believe in adaptation. Um, because God created intelligent beings. So why would he not create intelligent beings, um, not just in our minds, but our bodies as well. So I do believe in adaptation. I don't believe in evolution. At this point, Roy doesn't necessarily denounce his belief. He actually states that 
all truth is God's truth. I'm not going to be scared of the truth. God is in control and he is the one that established the whole universe. I shouldn't be afraid to poke and prod at any of this stuff. And I completely agree. There, she should not be afraid to poke and prod at any of it. Um, I believe um, in prayer and in guidance, you will come to truth. You will come to it. Um, but I, I myself have no problem with um, poking and prodding at things like this. I don't believe it takes me further away from my faith. Um, I actually believe for me personally, it has strengthened my faith in Christ because in all this, I always see God's hand. Um, I always see God's hand. So it has done nothing for me but strengthen my faith. I'm not going to say, oh, you have to go do this. I'm not gonna tell anyone else what to do. It is entirely up to them how they do. Um, what they do, how they live their lives, how they question things, if they choose to follow things, to to um, to read some of this, if they choose not to, entirely up to them. But I have found that for me, I have seen God's hand in it because in it, I tr I pray, um, I pray for guidance, I pray for wisdom, and every time I have seen God's hand in it, and my faith has only become stronger. That I can say for myself. At this point, Red refers himself, and I believe as the other scientist as a theistic evolutionist Christian um, which we will come to find out that he's still not a believer in evolution but he does refer himself as a theistic evolutionist Christian um, later on down his his um, later on down the road here as he's trying to figure things out um, still kind of having this you know having this um, this journey that he's going through with doubting his faith and I guess the deconstruction. Um, he eventually moves to California with his wife and his family. He, um, but I believe that is where things really took a turn. And he does mention that as well as when he came to, he states that when he came to California, he, there was a different kind of Christianity. There was a California, California Christianity. Um, and it made it, difficult and he states he makes it difficult to um i believe practice the way that you did um so you almost have to make changes to your faith um to what you believe or how you you know to what you believe as a christian to how you act as a christian which you should never have to do no matter where you go but i believe that's something that he embraced um but what it sounds like is that's something that he embraced so red shares a journal entry with his audience that i believe can be a true place for any Christian, but he does eventually walk away from this as well, uh, coming to the conclusion that essentially in the end, the Gospels appear to be a mix of religious propaganda as well as actual history. And he states, he states, and I quote, my faith is still weak, but it is not gone. And possibly God is revealing the foundation that he can build faith upon. Here are a few things that have hit me recently. From an intellectual standpoint, I may never have certainty by my faith. That pursuit may be fruitless. The significance of my faith or the so-called proof of Christianity is not found in a well-reasoned argument. Rather, it rings true the way a musical note would. It has my resonant frequency." End quote. And um, I would agree that, you know, I actually agree with this. <clears throat> I actually do agree with this. And um, specifically when he speaks about um, God is revealing a foundation he can build faith upon, I do believe he, he has, and it's the word of God. Um, I, I think sometimes 
we're looking for so much more there has to be more there has to be more than this you know there I have questions about this so it can't be it it's not completely clean so it can't be it um, you know so that that's really what tends to throw us off um, and even when he mentions that um, rather and I'll, I'll go back and read this part the significance of my faith or the so-called proof of Christianity is not found in a well-reasoned argument rather it rings the way it rings true the way a musical note would it has my resonant frequency and I believe that resonant frequency um, is the Holy Spirit within us and I, I you know I'm, as he says this as he's writing this I'm thinking well it's right there in front of you so um, I think that's where it should have stopped <laughs> And I say that as in, I mean, not necessarily stop asking questions or anything or, uh, but I do think that that was a good, that was a place. That was a place that was, I mean, realizing that you were not going to, you know, come, you're not going to logic your way into your faith. You're not going to intellectual your way into your faith. Um, that's why it's called faith. And at that point, you just have to have, you know, you just choose to have it. Um, you choose to have faith because there's so much in this world I believe that just will not make sense to us we're not gonna have all the answers not a chance whether you choose to believe or not you're not going to have all the answers um, of this world and there's so many mysteries here I think that we're not gonna find out until I believe it's all said and done until it's all said and done um, as I believe in a creator I believe that when I meet my creator that is when I will truly get to know about this world otherwise uh, you know until then the world is a mystery uh the universe it, it all is just an amazing thing that we are not going to have all the answers to so i am going to skip through a good bit here because i don't want it to be too terribly long um you can find this entire article on my website I include the link below so you can go on the website and read please uh subscribe to that as well because there'll be more coming um, and of course, I do relate the articles to videos. So typically I will write an article, post it, and then I will have a video to go with it as well with an audio podcast. So if you're more of a reader, please check out the um, check out the articles on the website. If you're more of a listener, there's the audio podcast. If you like videos, there is YouTube. So um, if you guys do like the content that's on here, please like and subscribe. Um, like the videos and subscribe to my channel and subscribe on the website as well but i do want to get to the point where he's speaking about um as he i guess as he decides that he is not going to um that he is not going to um follow the faith and he does argue that the holy spirit does not make you or having the holy spirit or not having the holy spirit does not make you a bad person not necessarily um, but I do believe that it depends on what your belief of people are do you believe people are innately good or evil um, do you believe people are naturally gonna be well-behaved good citizens or sinners I do believe that people are naturally more um, inclined to do are inclined to do evil or are more inclined to be more self-preserve self-preserving and that we're more inclined to be sinners that is the truth. We have a very selfish nature as human beings. And um, so, of course, I do believe that, though, you don't have to have the Holy Spirit to be a good person, because even if you have the Holy Spirit, there is still work to be done on a daily basis. Um, I do believe that, though, you can 
try to say, okay, you don't have to have the Holy Spirit, but where does that come from? The Holy Spirit um, comes from, you know, is, is related to the Christian faith, which is related to the Word of God, which is related to a lot of the morality that we stand on today. Whether or not we admit it, it is related to the morality that we stand on today, the Ten Commandments, and therefore, and how to treat um, others, and how to be a decent person in life, a lot of that comes from the Bible. So if we were to just completely dispel the idea of um, God and his and what's presented in the Bible, then we would also have to say, okay, goodbye morality, because the basis of our morality is biblical, whether or not we choose to see it that way. Um, and he does make the point, he does try to, um, he does make the point of um, if you go to um, somewhere, some innate place in the jungle or something like that, where there's a different, um, where there are inhabitants of, that don't know anything about Christ or don't know anything about the Bible, you would probably find them not killing each other, you know, thinking murder is okay, but um, living in peace or more so living as good people. And I say, no, that is not true. Uh, because history shows us that is definitely not the case. Um, even here in North America, if we recall, Native Americans once scalped people as an appropriate form of punishment. Though we may not look at that now and say, oh, morally, that's not right. Um, and we can say that. That's based off of the morals that we've deemed, um, just, you know, that's those are based off of the morals that we've said, are okay, this is what this is what our society comes off, you know, this is what our society follows. If there are people that practice the morality of the Bible and that is their compass in life, purposefully or unpurposefully, uh, for example, non-Messianic Jews or Orthodox Jews believe in the Torah, the Old Testament, but not the New Testament. They live by the laws of Moses and the morality of the Torah, but hold no belief in the death and resurrection of Christ. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is not something they would claim or attach themselves to, um, and I'm sure he um, he is aware of this as well, um, which does pose some questions for me regarding the disconstruction. Uh, we can have discussions um, of morality all day long, but without a basis of what it looks like, it's free reign, like a George Miller film. We can't necessarily have a basis. Um, we can't necessarily have a discussion about the basis of morality without discussing the derivative of that, which would be a higher being um, beyond our human understanding. If we would rely on the morality that we would pose as humans, they would frequently change due to our own selfish desires individually or collectively, uh, which we have seen all throughout history. And he does argue that ultimately humans will make the right moral decisions throughout the process of life. But as someone who base, bases um, his current ideas on theistic evolutionists, I would imagine that based on the logic of evolution, our innate behavior will be barbaric due to our supposed ancestors. If the evolution of the body was based on a form of adaptation to our physical surrounding, um, which we can call our focal point, will there not have been a necessary focal point for the evolution of our behaviors and intelligence? And that's where I would say point to something higher um, than ourselves point to something that is completely um, that has a that has a um, an intelligence and an all-knowing above ours.
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like the content that you're getting, please like the videos and subscribe to the channel. And I'll see you in the next one.